0: Vicky
1: Guerrero, and you're listening to Raw Views. Hey, this is the NWA World's Heavyweight Wrestling Champion, the National Treasure. Nick Aldis, you're listening to Raw Views.
0: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Raw Views. My name is Steven, and as always, I'm joined with my co-host, the Vice President of Wrestling News World, Thomas Fenton, and Tom... If you could put together the five people that will be on the Family Feud episode of Impact moving forward, who would they be?
1: Ooh, man, that's such a such an intriguing question here. That uh, the, the Steve Harvey Family Feud and Impact tie-ins. Oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> um, I mean, the you know, let's tell everyone, tell the listeners what we're talking about right now. I guess if they haven't yeah. heard already, which
0: if I'm you sure haven't have. heard, I actually tweeted about it, and yeah, you know, I kind of tweeted out of frustration. Because sometimes you and I get these stories, and I'll put out a a teaser, or you'll promote it in a premium article, or whatever it is, and yesterday we go back and forth, we reach out to everybody we know, trying to validate this story that we had at, like, 2 o'clock yesterday.
1: Yeah, I think uh, think the first caller message was around, like, noon, and then, like, it became a story, like you said, around 2, and it was multiples, but it was like, I couldn't get a confirmation on the details, like... I think that we were both confident around two that a merger, a purchase, an acquisition of some sort between Anthem Sports and Access was happening. Yes. But just because of the I didn't have the details. Like I knew Cuban was involved, and I knew that he would get a portion of the Anthem Sports, but I just didn't know how much.
0: Yeah. I absolutely. didn't know how much
1: FightNet was involved. Like there so many moving parts that it would have been irresponsible just to say that. Hey, something's happening. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and with,
0: with them talking so much earlier in the summer as well, and and having and with Impact, things are always so weird because you always feel like they're one step away from from just selling everything off to begin with. They
1: usually are, yeah. mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and then they keep making these moves and staying alive. Where throughout, they they were one of the promotions at the beginning of the year when we're talking about how AEW is going to affect everything and how well MLW's doing, and NXT now moving to television, they were one of those promotions where we're like, man, I don't know if they're going to make it. And then, of course, they, th- this all happens, and you're like, well, they might actually be pretty well established through the rest of the year, right?
1: I mean, yeah, I, I think it was like a new life that was lit into the entire company yesterday. Yes. Uh, obviously, these talks been going on for a while, but it's really hard to take what you hear from the Impact side 100% credible due to the history of everything we've learned with different negotiations and whatnot. So we come to find out you know, Anthem Sports the parent company of Impact obviously purchased the majority stake stake of Access TV, the television network. Uh, Mark Cuban and Steve Harvey are now involved on the Anthem Sports end as they (laughs) both will be picking up percentage ownership stakes of some kind. As we all know, Mark Cuban's been wanting to get into wrestling for a while. He yeah. wanted to flat out buy New Japan at one point. Um Mark sees wrestling a little differently. He sees it more of a the workers are all interchangeable. It's about the person running the company, which may not be the best philosophy to have in 2019, but that's kind of how he is. He he truly feels that like It wasn't so much the elite in New Japan. It was New Japan that brought the elite to homes. That's just how Mark's vision was. So he gets what he wants. He gets to work with New Japan in some capacity, it looks like at this point. Um, And we obviously don't know what that is. I think the biggest question moving forward is with New Japan on access and committed to access already. Sure, Impact will use them as a lead-in program because it's smart business. But at what point do we start talking a impact and New Japan working relationship?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and what the, the biggest question I had because I, I asked people send us a couple of questions because I thought we were gonna have a ton more time today. Um, and actually, the biggest question regarding impact, whether it was yesterday when I posted um, our personal conversation or if it was today, hey, just send me a couple of questions. I had quite a few people say, "What does this new impact um, move?" Do with New Japan, like, because if you're, if you are any of those, uh, second or third tier promotions, uh, not named WWE, right? So pretty much any promotion, not named WWE, you want that partnership with New Japan because they have some stars over there and they, what, what New Japan does really well is is they promote their... Okada is the perfect example. And I've said this so many times. When you see his entrance as the champion, the confetti, the, the, he look, they present him as the, the biggest star in the history of the world. And New Japan does that uh, probably only second to WWE, if not equal to WWE. They promote and they present their guys really well. And for all these other promotions, whether it's AEW, Ring of Honor, Impact, MoW, whoever it is, you want to be associated with that because they have the lineage and they, they, they present their product so well.
1: Yeah, there was, a, there was many people yesterday that had a really bad day because of us. Um, oh, I think it's the easiest way for me to put it. I think from an AEW side, from an MLW side, um, from a Ring of Honor side, I, I don't think any of those companies really thought this was going to happen. I I think, you know, they'd heard the rumblings, but again, we've heard so many different things that I don't think a lot of them took it seriously. And I can assure you that one company didn't take it seriously. Um, And we won't get into that, but I mean, (laughs) yes. but if you know where we're going, I mean, it's one of those things to where this is so much in, in my mind, okay, this is so much bigger of a deal than some people are making out to be.
0: Well, if you if you think about the dominoes, and I started talking about this yesterday on my Twitter, and I said, you know what, I'm going to stop it, because I I don't know where all the dominoes lie yet, because it's so multifaceted that if you have you have this movement now, which now makes impact a major player again. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, I I, I, I without a doubt. My question is going to be become and not to cut you off. No, go ahead. How much of a major player they're going to be? We just don't know. Yeah. But I, I have to assume, guys, and I don't know, and they don't know, because let me tell you, they haven't had meetings yet or anything. I can assure you of no, that.
0: No, 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 absolutely not.
1: But I, I would assume with a Cuban-type company, okay, and the businessman that he is, the whole you know, FightNet will really be incorporated into Access. I can assure you about that. You know, the oh, yeah. company, the FightNet. Um, but bigger than that, though, Mark doesn't like to play second to people. No. So I, I would assume if he's on that board, he's probably telling the other people in Anthem, look, hey, I sold you the company. We did X, Y, and Z. open the checkbook for, for talent. That is my yeah. assumption.
0: Yeah, and if you are a talent out there, if you're a Nick Aldis, a Marty Skrull, or any major free changed. agent. Yeah, the game just you, changed again. again. So we said at the early summer, if you're, if you're a free agent right now, you are the happiest guy in the world. Fast forward, uh, oh. September 10th, 2019, if you were a free agent in the next 30 to 60 days, as we said some people were last week, you have to be the happiest guy in the world because now you have three legitimate major spenders, three three promotions that have access to major spending just in the United States. Yeah, that, it It's like,
1: insane. Yeah, we're, again, and this is, no discredit to a ring of honor or to MLW even. And then, you know, after that, you know, AEW's paying people very well as well, you know. Sure. Um but what I'm really looking at here is we went from knowing this would be a crazy year, okay, in January. We all knew that. Yes. Some of the things that have happened this year have really just came out of nowhere. Yeah. To, to me, this was one of them.
0: And I don't even think we're done yet. We're not. Yeah, I mean,
1: absolutely not. We have we have MLW running their first pay per view still. Okay, yeah. we have AEW hitting TV. We have NXT going to Wednesdays. We have SmackDown going to Fox. I mean, it's not even the end of the beginning.
0: Yeah, and by the way, just we're, we're not going to spend a ton of time on WWE. I don't think today. This this is going to be a really fun show for you guys that are that uh, really want us. Kind of DM me sometimes. I really want you to do a business or or, or news type show episode. Um, that's really what this episode's going to be about, right? We're going to kind of talk about um, the high level stuff with all these promotions and what's going on. Uh, if we get to raw, great. If not, we'll lump it in tomorrow with SmackDown live and just do a big prediction show for you guys. But did you see the promotion? And this is something I tried to tell my Twitter streets for, for months and months and months when the, everybody's hitting me over the head with SmackDown ratings are tanking SmackDown ratings are tanking. I'm like, once Fox gets a hold of them, and they have NCAA and they have the NFL and they have NASCAR and they have all this stuff, it's going to be amazing. and for my for WWE's money, whatever whatever the negotiation was, they hit a home run, touchdown extra point, two qu- two-point conversion, pick six, the whole nine on those commercials over the weekend. Wouldn't you agree?
1: I thought the promotion and the commercials that were presented by Fox were not only eye appealing to the average wrestling fan. They had a visual for everyone who wasn't a wrestling fan as well, which is something they needed to. Um, I had my son even tell me, he goes, I want to watch that. And I can't say, <laughs> say the same thing about a Raw commercial in, sure. the, in the past. Um, those things being said, it was just presented really well. It was made to feel like a big deal. And it almost felt as if, like, Fox was telling you, we don't really care what happened with pro wrestling in the last so many years, but <laughs> we're bringing it back to you, okay? Yeah. And, you know, we're going to talk about buy rates on this call. I want to get into some, um, some of the impact previous numbers and just kind of where they align with now them getting a new television deal, obviously, um, yeah. and then AEW and the gap between them and WWE moving forward. Um, but the Fox move, like you had said, oh, I, I think when we start looking into the ratings – it's really, from, from my vantage point, and I'm not saying a boom period by any means, okay? But I'll give you a boom ratings number. You're moving to a Fox proper station. You're drawing, you know, around 2.5 million right now. This SmackDown show, and the big question is, will it maintain? Sure. Should open above a three-five? Absolutely.
0: I, you and I started talking after we saw the promotion. Over the weekend, and just how well it was done, and I, I saw so many people uh, send me tweets, just random quote tweets or DM me tweets that just said, "Was never a wrestling fan before, but that looks pretty cool," and I'm like, "Man, are you like this worked? Like what? Yeah, I, think- did, I mean, the promote. The, it, you know what it is with uh, WWE. We always talk about, you know, regardless of how the product is creatively." They always do video packages really well. And Fox, with their sports, does packages really well. And you put them two together, and it was was destined to be a great commercial, and it it really was. It not only was a great commercial, but,
1: like, if you look at it, too, one of the great things AEW did with those TNT commercials to try to bring on new fans was the way they presented those commercials with the action, with, you know— the high spots, everything you may not see. They took a different approach, which was still a great approach as far as the commercials go. And as far as the 10-minute spots, they've been taking at the AMC theaters to show Mm -hmm. the product. I think what WB and Fox did here, and more or less like you had mentioned, Fox and their sporting aspect, and then just the minds behind Fox, you could tell this was a collaboration, but Fox was definitely involved. It had a different feel.
0: Yeah, no, this was... You know, it's almost like WWE, uh, you remember when, like, HD came out, and we were like, oh, this is the greatest thing ever, and then, like, UHD 4K came out, and you're like, oh, well, that wasn't, this is now great. It's like Fox cleaned everything up, like, all the grittiness out of it, and, and it gave you, like, this modern, clear view of everything we love about wrestling. It was absolutely everything we love the about most,
1: this. most modern WWE ad and or commercial that they've had
0: let me ask you this the, uh, i had a lot of people say this was more impactful than the the famous super bowl commercial where the people are flying out the windows they're in titan tower so i I, th- <laughs> I think from a shock value standpoint
1: and during that era you know the commercial did everything they wanted like yes. it was perfect for its time i think this one is also perfect. For its time. So it's, I can't really compare the two. I think they were both very much home runs. Yeah. So that's fine if you're putting them on the same level, but I just think they both worked for their time.
0: And let's just say this since WWE um, made the announcement about Bischoff and Heyman coming in, regardless of when they started, we have seen television get so much better. So I just, when it comes to WWE, I think they're just flipping that switch and they're going to move forward. You mentioned AEW though. Yeah. So let, let me back up, and uh, you and I spent, was it Friday or Saturday night, like into the wee hours of the morning, um, or it might have been Sunday night, I, I forget, it, it was over weekend. It was Friday, yep. Okay, Friday night, we spent until, like the wee hours of the morning, like texting each other, <laughs> because we were like running math in our head, about AEW buy rates and numbers and everything, and uh, things Meltzer said, and things you had heard, and everything else. Let's dive into that a little bit, because I'm a numbers guy, the people that are listening to this from my Twitter streets, love the fact I talk a lot of business and numbers and everything. So I'm really uh, excited to talk this. Go ahead and let's let's start diving into what AEW's done, how all out did, and what it means, like where they sit moving into television.
1: Yeah, sure. So I think going to the show, and you and I had talked about it. And I've said, you know, it was at both shows. I don't think this show had the same kind of buzz going around it as Double or Nothing did. Yeah. Um, I, I personally felt Double or Nothing had all this buzz behind it. It over-delivered. It was fantastic. And then you had the Moxley surprise, obviously, that wasn't leaked. Um, so it was cool for everyone. If we look into the All Out show, however, it lost one of its biggest matches like the week prior with Moxley and Omega. Would you agree?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then to, to replace Moxley, they, they had to kind of give away one of their major surprises, which would have been uh, uh, Pac's return. Absolutely.
1: So, and, you know, that hurt. I remember talking about that and just saying, like, you know, Pac was their surprise. He was, you know, that was the plan. And that was a few week, you know, weeks prior to the show. Um, and then, obviously, like you said, they had to put that match on before they kind of wanted to, per se. But they went out and had a good match. It just also took away more from the show. Yeah, the retention rate for the buys was interesting because it was below fifty percent of the same people that bought double or nothing and all out. So let me just
0: let me pause on
1: that. Let me just let me just clarify that statement too, though. The only problem with that number, however is let's say somebody bought on cable the first time and then they got it on like BR the second time you're going to you're going to hit some bumpiness if that yeah. makes sense.
0: Yeah, that's but, exactly what I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you to clarify that number for everybody.
1: Yeah. Um but at the end of the day, here's the problem. When you take those total buys and you add them up, they were still down about 16% in the US. Wow. Um they were about even throughout. Um they did really really good numbers internationally. However, they were down nearly 16% in the States. Mm. Again, they lost a huge match, okay? And let me tell you something. Doing 100K buys is nothing, nothing to be insulted about. That is still a lot of buys. And I think it'll probably end up, I'm going to guess, probably around 108. I'm guessing maybe 110-ish. But yeah,
0: I... So when you're when you're looking at the the total picture. So just to just to add some perspective into this, right? Because we don't want to just say it's going to be about 108,000 buys because immediately people are going to say, "Well, what does that mean, Tom?" So when you say they they were down about what you said 16%, that's one
1: 1.6 one, one what 1.6 in the US and then it all was right. about and then again, the international made up for it because it was higher. Yeah. So it, it's going to end up being about even when it's all said and done.
0: Which is which is really good for them. However, if you are if you're rolling into this week you never want to see a decline, right? You you never want to see your business because they had double or nothing and then I believe Fighter Fest because it was a free show did significantly higher. Right. So you're like, okay, we're trending in the right direction. We got we got people to buy in at, at this basement um level. Like this is our basement and now we added about 40,000 uh, 40,000 viewers on top of that. That's fantastic. But then once you look at that number from Fighter Fest on you start noticing fight for fallen was significantly lower and then all out was, was lower again. So now you've trended down to the point where you're less than where you started. Would that be correct? It would
1: be. Um, I think it's best now to give people some perspective of what a hundred thousand buys means. It's a lot. Um, it's a ton. If we look back into ECW, okay. Prior to ECW getting the TNN deal when they went on TNN, um, I believe it was the Nashville network at the time. Yeah. Um, they were doing, they were averaging around 75,000 buys for their pay okay. per views. When they went on TV, they increased that number by roughly 25%. They ended up hitting around 100,000 for Heatwave 99.
0: Nice. Um,
1: but again, it wasn't fully swinging into TV. Now, when they started fully swinging into TV, the percentage up of buys was only about 10 to 15%. While I understand this is a different time, and viewership is completely different from a TV relation to a pay-per-view buy relation, they didn't go up a ton. Yeah. Um, Now, and this is not to poo-poo on any company at all, right? But if we're comparing numbers, the last few impact pay-per-views and Ring of Honor pay-per-views have not done 2,000 buy rates.
0: Wow. two 2,000? Two,
1: two, two that's That's correct.
0: Okay. And th- those uh, are on fight, correct?
1: That's their average. Yeah, the fight. And then obviously with Ring of Honor, it's still on pay-per-view on TV, as is, was Impact. I'm not sure if they still are at this point.
0: Yeah, and, and a lot of people also, I saw, are taking WWE's what's left of their pay-per-view and saying, well, it it uh, um, aligns closer to what WWE's selling on pay-per-view. And it's like, please take them out of the equation because they have a network. Like, if, we,
1: uh, if we could take, and this is like maybe like the biggest argument, all right? So prior to the network, even, I'm not going to say really poorly performing WWE pay-per-views, but let's just go, you know, an average B-level pay-per-view. Sure. They they were still averaging anywhere between 250 and 280. Like, yeah. I think one of the lowest ones was around like 115. If I'm not mistaken, I'd have to really go back and look, but sure. Yeah, I mean, we start yeah. looking at things like that, and then you go, oh, that's still a lot of buys.
0: So when you're looking at these numbers, if you, if you are a person who's looking at this from a perspective of, I, I, give, me some, give me some good news for this. The good news is they have to be outperforming what they originally thought they would perform. Like, there's no I, way I, they're rolling into this thinking they're going to have 100 110,000 buys on their second pay-per-view. So they have a lot
1: going for them. And I understand, I think the faster we stop comparing them to WWE, the, better. the, more, the more success that they will be looked to have as a company. Yes. Um, you know, we look at those shows and no. I, I think that if you would have told them losing Moxley and Omega that you'd still do 100000 I think you have to be happy with that.
0: Let I me think ask you have though. to
1: be more than satisfied. Um, the other thing too, and I will say this, the gates for AEW have been a lot higher than other events, and yes. that's helping too.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I, you know, I I do I have been tweeting out that the last several shows haven't sold out, and I've only been doing that to kind of follow up on on a trend that you and I had noticed with scalpers and stuff like that. Yeah. And people immediately get defensive because I, I tweet out AEW is not selling out their shows right now. You can still get tickets. There's no wait anymore, and they're like. What, why are you trying to slam AEW? And I'm like, I'm, I'm not. I, but, but I am trying to let you know that the sellouts might have had to do a lot with scalpers. So and the reason why that's important for AEW fans to know is if they start running smaller venues, it's not because they're, do, they're being less successful, but it's because things are starting to balance out and they're getting a true gauge on what they can sell.
1: I think when we all looked at numbers and we're like, wow, that doesn't make sense. And man, I can't believe there's that many people in the queue. That doesn't make sense. You know, <laughs> Yeah. we started looking at all, all these really large numbers AEW was doing and we knew, all right, it's going to have to balance eventually, right? Like this has to balance. And that's not saying you're extremely successful and that's not saying you're not successful. It just is going to balance out at one point. Yeah. So when the numbers really started balancing what we saw with any new company, who is still a new company and growing and not even on TV yet. But what we really saw is some of those scalpers may have gotten burned in the past and then not continue to buy those tickets. And or some of that buzz is going away a little bit.
0: Sure. Some of that and...
1: travel audience, some of those diehards that, well, now we have TV every week. I can't go every week. I'm, I'm a diehard fan. I can only go four times a year per se. And let's remember those shows in vegas and in chicago you know cramming tens of thousands of people into the area um, for the shows or for the starcast events it's going to be four times a year yeah um those obviously those events are going to need to grow in attendance yes. i feel i feel if those are going to be their main shows they they will plan to grow them into bigger attendance numbers for fans for the whole weekend really make it that experience um, but like you had mentioned the TV, I think I had said this months ago, like their plan initially was never to go into 16,000, and 18,000 seat basketball. Readiness. Like, I don't know where that came from, but that was never the plan because they knew let's grow. Yes. And a lot of it with AEW isn't so much that let's grow and let's take it slow because they're tr- trying to, it's almost as if the fans aren't letting them yes, and they exactly. want like the fans want this thing to be like, competing and number two overnight where it's almost to a detriment of the company right now, which I don't like.
0: Well, you and I talked about this when they, when they launched, uh, you know, I, I called it the great wedding, which was the, the big, the big thing they had in Jacksonville, right? The, the rally. And we, we called it the wedding and we said, what well, we want everybody to be excited, uh, right? We, we want everybody to look at this and just be extremely exciting because it is a historic moment in wrestling. However, we have to pump the brakes. We, we have to not try to compare them with WWE. And they don't do themselves many favors when it comes to that because the the amount of shots they, they feel like they have to take at WWE to, to, for their diehards. I, I, and I feel like that's what's happened. I feel like what's happened is we have this war between WWE fan and AEW fan, and you have everybody in the middle. It's kind of like politics, right? And then you have everybody else, which is the majority in the middle. And then AEW is trying to cater to that that hardcore base of theirs, and they have to kind of do it by taking shots at WWE. But if you ask them honestly, like if you put them behind a closed door and said, "Do you really want to go at war with WWE?" They would say, "Fuck no." Yeah, and let's let's be honest
1: too to ourselves. You know, AEW wasn't the ones that added NXT to Wednesday night. No, not They at all. were not the ones that added a a takeover to a competing show. You know, that sure. wasn't that wasn't them. You know, they weren't trying to go head to head with WWE. They weren't trying to run on Monday nights. Um, I think that's important to note. I and think it, it's also important to note though how cutthroat business wise WWE is. Yeah. And that AEW absolutely saw those counter moves coming. Um and we can even go further. There's gonna be more counter moves coming.
0: There's gonna I be have some, it, yeah.
1: I, I have a strong feeling that TakeOvers are going to move away from the Big Four. They are going to run them head-to-head against the AEW pay-per-views, I believe.
0: And if you're WWE, why wouldn't you, right? And everybody says, well, why would they want to put them out of business? And it's a two-way street, right? Like, AEW's done a lot to poke the bear. Nothing, most of what AEW's done is tongue-in-cheek. Like, nothing has been really stepping over the line saying, we're challenging WWE, da-da-da. They've kind of stuck to the, we're, we want to be an alternative, da-da-da-da-da, etc. But then they do the small actions, and I just feel like when they do the things like smashing Triple H's throne and then having the throne as as the, the a photo op at their big event thing, whatever. Yeah, and I mean, w- WWE's so- already looking at you as competition, right? So now... Triple H has all the motivation in the world. Let's go live Wednesdays, and I'm just going to take him down. I think
1: one of the things with that was, and and this is how I feel, and I I could be wrong. I think a lot of the WWE small jabs is really to appease their fans and their diehard audience. Yep. Yeah. Whereas if you listen to a Kenny Omega or you listen to a Matt Jackson interview in regards to Triple H and how cordial he was in their negotiations and how nice he was. I mean it's unbelievable if we're being honest yeah absolutely, um, but now we're we're in a business to where everybody also thinks everything's the shoot, yes, so please take that into regards too um these are people that have worked with each other for a very 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 long time,
0: and they're friends with each other or they know each other they're they're cordial with one another, and so now we have now 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 we're moving into which is the n x t talk is the next thing I wanted to say because I had a lot of people tweet me saying. Well, why didn't you tweet WWE sellout? And I was like, well,
1: I like mean, four hundred and fifty people,
0: like four hundred and fifty right? people in twenty, which is great. Like, if you do the math out, and like, like it would be a sellout of of a thousand or multiple thousand arena in, in minutes, right? Like, it still holds water. But I they, think they've, yeah, they've, I think they've the been, selling, meant, out, think they've the been selling out. They've been selling out that like arena.
1: Four thousand people or, would have bought tickets in I think twenty eight minutes was the yeah. conversion rate, and it didn't go higher than five thousand in the hour. But it still shows you like. All right, running here is not going to be forever, and we're going to need to look at this again.
0: Exactly, but I, I will say this, and kind of like we talked about with AEW, right? Because AEW kind of taking the step forward, step back approach. They, they I think, they want to step into these bigger venues, gauge out their audience, like wh- what can we sell in these areas, and then scale it back. And I think what NXT is doing is saying, "Hey, our crowd is going to come across." amazing on television the first couple of months in this building. We're not going to make any money on the gate, right? And we can probably shoot this where it looks a little bit bigger than it is. But if I'm AEW on the flip side, you remember Bischoff used to do the wide, and he used to spin it around and everything to show you it's a true sellout, the, the aerial views, the... Yeah. If I'm AEW and, you know, because they... We, we have officially entered war territory. I have said yeah. for, for months and months and months we haven't, because... AEW was never going head to head with anything. They yeah, weren't taking any. They weren't people taking have, people have taken away.
1: sides is where the war has happened.
0: So exactly, and you're going to have what's going to happen is you have your AEW diehards that will probably still actually watch NXT because they they still like NXT. But then you're going to have the WWE side that is out of spite won't watch AEW. Is what I th- was what I truly feel is going to happen. And I think it's kind of silly because I do think you can enjoy both of them, but they are going head-to-head on television. That's really important to know. So we, we've we officially entered war territory because WWE decided, you know what, AEW is going to come on TV. They, they want to make the little jabs, whatever. They want to take our guys. They want to offer big contracts. We're going to stomp them out. So we're going to put t- NXT, and I think it was a brilliant move to put NXT on Wednesdays and not Monday Night Raw. Would you agree with that?
1: I think the way WWE looked at it at the time was twofold, and this will also go into the arena talk we just had. Yeah. Um, WWE did not have time to get arenas, even if they wanted to. Sure. Um, in October, November, they simply did not have time. This happened so quickly to where they were taping at full sale no matter what. Um, yeah. That was their only option. Moving into the January and February of next year, could they move out of there? Absolutely. But that's one of the big reasons why they're there right now, too. Um, I think even the first two episodes on USA, the reason why they're only an hour is because USA was committed to another program. Like, that's yeah. how quickly they got put on USA.
0: Yeah, and just to let people know, there, there had been talks, at least for a while, of potentially putting NXT on FS1 or NBC Universal. just from a business standpoint. You want to give me more TV money, I'm going to take more TV money. However, it was never supposed to go this quickly because what no. WWE decided no. to do was since we are entering a war, I'm going to jump out ahead by a couple of weeks, try to grab that audience and make them take it back or make them take it away from me That's essentially from a what they're doing.
1: Business standpoint, the way they're setting up their first show, it's exactly what they're doing. Yeah, they are going to say, all right, tune away now. Yep, so Change the I, channel now. What, I'm what building two do. weeks of storylines. Yep. I'm going to give you they're basically going to give you a takeover for free yep. for 2 hours with probably a couple main roster surprises that will be on NXT and then probably a surprise out of nowhere. And that's just going to be their plan. And from a business again standpoint, it's it's going to work just fine because it's the same type of wrestling that the difference of the AEW dynamic Is trying to offer to fans that alternative is is very similar to the NXT product. Is it the same?
0: Absolutely not. It's the same demographic.
1: Similar products, and you're right. It's your majority demo of fans.
0: Yeah. So you're not looking, you're not looking, if you are AEW or NXT right now, neither of them should be looking at Raw or SmackDown Live numbers. So if you were expecting either of those shows to put up a Raw number, a 2 3, a 2 6, a 2 8, or anything close to that, you will, you will be let down.
1: I think some shocking things would have to happen. Real shocking things would have to happen where I see combined totals of 3 million wrestling fans on a Wednesday night between both shows anytime in 2019.
0: Exactly. And again, NXT jumped out and said, look, we're going to grab whatever that market share is because the hardcore AEW fan is probably going to watch that first NXT on television. So what they're going to do is try to hook everybody and say, leave us. We're we're going to have you, and now you're going to have to make that decision to leave these storylines that you've started to invest in and go elsewhere. It was a smart business move. It, it is kind of gritty. Um, I, a lot of people aren't going to like it because a lot of people don't like ruthless business moves, but it, it's why they are where they are. It's It's why... WWF became what it was because he did this to the territories.
1: Absolutely. So if we continue, though, we look further now. Yes. So they've already changed Royal Rumble weekend, right? We're not yes. getting takeover. We are getting Win Worlds Collide. It's going to be some type of a tournament, possibly even a round robin tournament. I've heard um, between NXT UK, NXT 205 Live talent, um, and Evolve talent. So with with that being there, it also means they're moving TakeOver. Um, it is to my assumption, again, that they are just waiting for the next AEW date. And yes. my assumption would be that the TakeOver show is going to be the same day. That is my assumption.
0: Yeah, I, I would assume so. And it would be extremely interesting because, again, now you're kind of cutting AEW off at the, le- at the knee saying you can pay $50 for their pay-per-view or you can pay $10 and watch it on the network. Oh, and you're going to get Survivor Series, or or you're going to get you know the Royal Rumble whatever it is. So you you are really making it difficult for AEW these for these next six to nine months is really going to be a a true test on AEW their fan base, and they're they're going to have to perform so well on television to 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 reach the next level that they want to reach. Yeah, I mean, I think that. When we just start,
1: when we really start looking at it, WWE did a lot off the get go to truly hurt them. Um, as far as taking away new fans, old fans, potential fans, like all the blocks and the road bumps they threw in the road from a business standpoint, are going to hurt AEW getting off.
0: Yeah, it's it's gonna be tough, especially through Mania. I mean, because WWE owns the wrestling world January to April, to the point where every promotion in the world tries to piggyback off of all that success. AEW's already said they're not gonna run WrestleMania weekend. Um I I, I don't blame them because you know their their next big promotion or their next big pay per view is typically the next month, which this year was double or nothing. Um I'll say this, starting two or three weeks early on television and then running their pay-per-views opposite AEWs, if if that's the way they decide to go, it's really gonna hurt them.
1: Yeah, and I think it's like really you, gonna you hurt really them. hit it home because and I hate to say this too, because like let's just say the AEW product is much better. I'm just using that as the you know the extreme, right? Sure, that's you're the then, best case scenario for them. You're then going to have to get in the option of Ten dollars for the month, versus like you said, the fifty, sixty dollar pay-per-view. Yeah. That's going to be a struggle because you're already saying, like, even if we're doing everything perfect, I now need to worry about the price point.
0: Absolutely. It's you're you're running into a point where I now have to be fifty dollars better than yes. the other guy. And if you don't if you think that because a lot of people are going to say, "Well I can just watch NXT take over on the network the next day or later on that night they're going to do takeover so well they already do it right because we live in like Twitter like, I like I had to miss a portion of the Dolphins game on Sunday, which was a blessing in disguise but like I, <laughs> I, I couldn't have my phone on for me to to watch for me to be able to watch it without knowing what happened
1: oh. Oh, yeah. So,
0: I mean, like, for those who are, are just like, oh, well, I'll just watch it later, It's that's not, it, like, theoretically that makes sense, but it's not going to happen, because people aren't going to be able to turn off all their devices for two days and then go back to finally watch NXT TakeOver. So, people are going to have to choose 50 or 10, and unfortunately for AEW and I'm not saying this because I don't think it's worth it. Like I, I don't want people to take that that way because I think I sound a little harsh when I, when I talk business, but when when you just look at the facts, like if you look at the numbers, are they going to be five times better than, than NXT? That's,
1: I mean, it's the real struggle when you're looking at it objectively um, from a standpoint of a fan, because now you're objective of your money and it's, Ooh, I could save $50. It's hard, man. And again, this is with a great show. Like, you know, we look back at all those, you know, amazing UFC fights that people may or may may not want to see. And one of the reasons, in my opinion, they, in addition to everything else, they want the ESPN plus package, right? Is it makes it harder for people to stream and pirate the shows for access codes and whatnot. Um, that's going to be the next big worry from an AEW standpoint. And it, it affects everybody, don't get me wrong. But when you charge $50 for a show, it tends to be pirated about 100 times stronger.
0: Absolutely. And I'll say this just to wrap it up. Um, you wonder why they never did a deal with Fight. I mean, you probably know why, but that would have been the best case scenario for them. Would have just been to get on Fight. But let's move on. Let's. Um, we have a few minutes left here. Let's talk some Ring of Honor contracts for a few minutes, shall we? Sure. Um, we we kind of mentioned last week there are some talent contracts coming up. What information do you have right now on on those contracts and who we know and and what that means to this new landscape? Where again, Impact Wrestling is now taking a step up, and we we have we have so much going on. Um, I'm not I'm not sure how much
1: information we're going to give on these ROH deals as far as dates go at this time. Sure, but w- within the next. We're in September already, aren't we? Yes. Within the next four months, they will see deals such as Marty, Dalton, Taven, PCO, Brody, Rush, Cobb, all expire. Bandito. Bandito.
0: Which, by the way, was there a picture of, of those guys, or at least some of those guys roaming around the Twitter streets over the weekend? Last week, maybe on on the beach, maybe it was, was, was Rush.
1: It, it it was Rush and Andrade last oh, week.
0: Oh, okay. So it was really funny dynamic
1: because the let's just say that the, the talks were that when Rush signed with Ring of Honor because of Andrade talked him out of going to WWE. That was the talks on the street at the time, mind you. Okay. Yes. This would have been fourteen months ago. I'm thinking.
0: Yeah, um, something I like have, that. So I have to do some of- math.
1: It's when he Started Beginning working the there year before he signed. Year. Yeah. So maybe maybe a year ago at this point. Long story short, it's a completely different situation now than it was then. Completely different. Yeah, so I Take uh, Ben's, zero. Ben's, it, whether Ben's that was arranged,
0: true or not, Vince arranged completely. a relationship with Charlotte, and now he <laughs> loves life. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing how
1: that happens, isn't it? Uh, sorry. Continue. Um. So yeah, I don't I don't buy too much into that as far as a potential landing spot. Um. The funny thing about the Roach contract is it's one of the few that was confirmed of how much he was making all over. And it concerns me immensely when I see a number because I know that not only would AEW probably up it by six to seven times. Yeah. I, I know how much WWE would. And I know at this point it's highly like that impact would as well.
0: Yeah, it's, it's funny because if I'm a talent right now, I'm literally taking my current deal, walking to the first place and saying... I need twice this. Can you do that? Okay, hold on. Yep. Let me call the next guy. The next guy's willing to give me twice. And I would be, if I'm a, if I'm one of these talents right now out there on the streets, I'm as brutal as I can possibly be, and I want my money. And people well, are like, it's well, well Stephen, hard, though it's, it's, it's not all about the money. It is. These guys haven't been making
1: no, Seth Rollins money. What people money. don't understand is these guys <laughs> that are working their tails off to make something of themselves And and that goes in any line of the professional wrestling business. Like, until you make it, you're not making much. Like, you're just not. So when you have to cash in, you likely are going to have a small window to cash in. Just like an NFL running back, where you have to cash in on yourself at that time. Yes. Furthermore, though, I think we're going to start seeing a lot more agenting in professional wrestling. And a lot more even, like, a managing agent type. Because now that you have let's just assume impact will be bidding on some talent and we already know mlw bids on talent so now we have you know potentially three four even five companies bidding on talent you're probably for most people who are working this business not going to want to negotiate that yourself no um you're probably going to want to have somebody that's you know unemotionally attached to it and yeah. who can negotiate the best deal for you, not it's, with any emotions involved. It's
0: going to be extremely interesting and exciting if you're a talent. Because I think you're going to be able to start broaching. And I think WWE's already starting to do this. Reports have come out saying that they, they've cut the leash off some talents and let them have free reign on the mic. Let them yeah. be, be more themselves. And don't be mistaken. It's, it's truly because of, of the landscape of wrestling today. I wouldn't say it's just because of AEW. So AEW fan don't think that I just said it's only because of AEW that this. No, it's it's TV money, it's Fox, it's AEW, it's it's it's, it's the whole landscape of wrestling today in television and the money being generated, right? That if I'm a talent now, I can go into a, a into a conversation with Cody or or you know, hopefully they're not just texting offers anymore. Hopefully they learn from that. But um, Impact or WWE or NXT and say, hey, this is my character. This is how much I want. Are you willing to do it?
1: Okay. No,
0: somebody else will.
1: It's so much deeper, too, though, because we really dig into it. We're going to get some people who are going to say, all right, well, money's the same everywhere. I want to keep my name. I want to keep my gimmick because they then have leverage. Workers in this line of business had not had any leverage legitimately since WCW went, legitimate leverage since WCW went under. And And even then, it was not like the leverage that they have today with the reach they have on social media and how easy you can contact somebody through a third or fourth person about how much your potential deal may be worth.
0: And not only that, but let me say this as well: If you're a Randy Orton, you're a Roman Reigns, you're you're a, a Kenny Omega, you're John Moxley, you're 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 a big name in this industry. I want a fully guaranteed deal.
1: And I think fully to your guaranteed. Point, I I think that's where they're going to end up going. Yeah, no, if I'm as Randy I think... Orton,
0: because I think he's the first. I think he's the next talent to come up that that is like that level. I want I when I say I want two and a half million. I want two and a half million, not based off gates, not based off any, fully guaranteed, and then we'll talk the bonuses on top of that. I think I mean, str- you're you're essentially
1: guaranteeing the downside, but increasing the downside to eighty yeah. percent of what the contract should be around. Exactly. Essentially,
0: you, you were essentially going to move to WCW contracts. That's I um, i, I I'm think- not far. I'm not
1: far away from you, and I think. We also need to worry about a union getting involved now oh, with yes. the amount of companies and with so many talent pushing for that. And I'm not pro or against it. I'm just saying I, I think we should start looking um, to see if that, that transpires as well.
0: And it's going to take a big name. It's going to take a big name to do it.
1: Absolutely. And I almost think it's going to take a big WWE name to do it, if I'm being honest.
0: Yeah, a and, and again, I'm going to throw, throw that same name out there, Randy Orton.
1: It would take think, somebody to that level. That would I have mean,
0: it's, it, he... He's the guy that's going to have the most stroke. And what he'll probably do, he's going to stay with the WWE. He's going to ask for less dates. And he's going to ask for more money. And they're going to give it to him. Oh, yeah. That's what I think is going to happen. Yeah. What, I, what I think could happen if he was a guy. You know, if he was Randy Orton 2006, the conversation might go differently.
1: I don't he, know if he. I think this is Randy Orton then. Not only is the conversation. It should go differently. I think we're talking how much money those offers are going to be. Oh gosh, I mean, because he was
0: a clear-cut star from the jump.
1: I mean, it's, it's not just that. I mean, you're you're in a, like you said. Now the war is on. So the contract war is on, and it's like how much.
0: What would that Brock contract have had to look like?
1: I mean, We've I seen tell us the next when it Brock came up. Contract's going to look like.
0: Oh gosh. it's going to be huge. I know you got to get out of here. Go ahead and tell everybody where they can find you. We will be back tomorrow, everybody, talking more. We hope you enjoyed this episode, but go ahead and tell them where they can find you, Tom.
1: Yeah, you can check me out at Thomas Fenton, WNW on Twitter, as always, Wrestling News World. Click like and subscribe. Help us out on the podcast. That's all I got. We'll check you out tomorrow, guys.
0: Absolutely, everybody. And until next time,
1: be awesome.